0: 8248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Stone's Throw with Jennifer Stone.
1: Happy ending Nice and tidy It's a rule I learned in school Get your money Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up those in darkness, from the ones who walk in light, light them up boys, there's your picture,
0: this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Ah, uh, it's still March. Uh, Women's History Month. I'm sorry, I always have to laugh. All we get is a month. Oh, sadness this week. We have lost our poet laureate W.S. Merwin has died at his home in Hawaii. He was 91. Ah, Merwin. Merwin, Merwin, his poems are so full of inexpressible, inexpressible love for existence, but they're also desperately sad. Last week, uh, Chris Welch read some of his poems there is one which asks what is the day the date of his death when will it be the the earth goes around and and the days go around there it is there's the day when he will die and he does not know that date it's very strange sad idea i have only one date in my mind They say after the first death there is no other. My date is 27th March. It's the day my mother died when I was 13. 13 years later, same date, my first child was born. Absolutely (laughs) serendipitous, serendipitous. Probably means absolutely nothing but Nothing, nothing, no thing. Toni Morrison writes that word work is sublime. Uh, I find that word work cannot contain our human emotions. Certainly, Merwin comes close. He comes close. Uh, his feelings of compassion, terror, and uh, dread of the unknown. We think of Shakespeare's Hamlet, of course, the dread of something after death, yes, that stops us from suicide. Uh, Yes, indeed, indeed, the dread of something after death. Going on, yes, But that kingdom, that kingdom after death, the land, yes, even with things we know not of. Anyway, the voices, the voices of the uh, 20th century pretty much fading, fading it. Uh, I think I go back always to a time before. I, I hang with the 19th century poets for some reason, I love Christina Rossetti because she was born on my birthday. Talk about dates. <laughs> she was born on my birthday, December 5. My birth, of course, was 1933, and she's almost a century earlier. My favorite poem, uh, uh, epitaphic poem, was written, yes. 18, she wrote this. Ah, it's called Song. When I am dead, my dearest, sing no sad songs for me. Plant thou no roses at my head, nor shady cypress tree. I shall not see the shadows. I shall not. Feel the rain. I shall not hear the nightingale sing on as if in pain and dreaming through the twilight that doth not rise nor set. Happily I may remember and happily may forget. Oh yes, I've been stuck in Shakespeare all week, along with W. S. Merwin. I, I, I don't know whether Shakespeare has more sorrow, but certainly Merwin has. I think of the words in *The Tempest*. Oh, can't remember whether it's Prospero or that uh, spirit Ariel at the end, at the end of *The Tempest*. Yes. We are such stuff as dreams are made on, and our little life is rounded with a sleep. I hope to find something uh, by W.S. Merman for next week that we can call Upbeat. It's the fashion now, especially for Poet Laureate. He was our national poet laureate and today today I want to tell you about a San Francisco poet laureate nineteen ninety eight, Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Now Lawrence Ferlinghetti is one hundred years this week his uh, uh his celebration, his party at City Lights, yes, was a, ooh big deal. I think uh, he decided not to attend, but I think perhaps at 100, might be able to get him on the phone. I will certainly try to do that. Uh in the meantime, I get to look at his work. I get to tell you about Lawrence because he is pretty much like all poets, a subversive. He says it is the job, yeah, job of the poet, always to be an outlaw. Uh all the poets say that. I don't know. Some, of course, do sell out and become famous and rich. I, I hope, I hope some people have a chance to sell out, live long enough. But uh, mostly, I have quite a bit of prose. Uh, Lawrence wrote many speeches explaining I think it does need to be explained why it is that the poet must resist the uh, <laughs> the ruling class the the bosses the things as they are the uh, social uh, norms right okay <laughs> Lawrence the way Lawrence sees it uh, we have to is the word shake things up, shake things up? Bertolt Brecht said that art is a hammer with which to change society. I want to read to you from A Coney Island of the Mind, the poems by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Now, this was written many, many years ago. Uh, I was a little girl in college, and of course, these are poems of resistance and even rage. Uh-huh. Christianity Christianity's gonna get it here now. Ferlinghetti writes. Sometime during eternity, some guys show up, and one of them who shows up real late is a kind of carpenter from some square type place like Galilee, and he starts wailing and claiming he is hip to who made heaven and earth, and that the cat who really laid it on us is his dad. And moreover, he adds, it's all writ down on some scroll-type parchments, which some henchmen leave lying around the Dead Sea somewheres a long time ago and which you won't even find for a couple thousand years or so, or at least for 1,947 of them, to be exact, and even then nobody really believes them, (laughs) or me, for that matter. You're hot, they tell him, and they cool him. They stretch him on the tree, cool and everybody after that is always making models of this tree with him hung up and always crooning his name calling him to come down and sit in on their combo as if he is the king cat who's got to blow, or they can't quite make it. Only he don't come down from his tree, him just hang there on his tree, looking real petered out and real cool, and also according to a roundup of late world news from the usual unreliable sources, real dead. I think that that is what you would call a sock in the eye to Christianity. I always think uh, it's a shame to blame Jesus Christ for... The Church, the History of Christianity, because of course <laughs> the the bureaucrats, the tough guys, and the rulers took hold of that and used it for their own purposes. It's called uh, it's called the holy Roman uh, oh never mind uh, i I'm pleased to see that the uh, oh All the scandal about sexual abuse and all kinds of abuse has finally hit the fan. Of course, we always knew, just pretended we didn't. Uh, Nuns have been explaining for centuries that things were not what people thought they were. You know, you can't have women running things. So uh, all those nuns and hardworking women, they... they (laughs) had to do what the priest said. Never mind. Let us hope that the Roman Catholic Church is having its its nemesis, payback. Uh, I want to read a little more of Ferlinghetti because uh, he is 100 years old and that's a kind of achievement. If you ask me, very few of us At least very few poets get that far. I can't think of one. Maybe somebody knows. I'm going to read you a poem called The Long Street. The Long Street, which is the street of the world passes around the world filled with all the people of the world, not to mention all the voices of all the people that ever existed, lovers and weepers, virgins and sleepers, spaghetti salesmen and sandwich men, milkmen and orators, boneless bankers, brittle housewives, sheathed in nylon snobberies, deserts of advertising men, herds of high school fillies, Crowds of collegians all talking and talking and walking around or hanging out windows to see what's doing out in the world where everything happens sooner or later. <laughs> if it happens at all. And the long street, which is the longest street in all the world, but which isn't as long as it seems, passes on through all the cities and all the scenes, down every alley, up every boulevard, through every crossroads, through red lights and green lights, and cities in sunlight, continents in rain, hungry Hong Kongs, Untillable, Toscaloosa's, Oakland's of the soul, Dublin's of the imagination, and the long street rolls on around an enormous choo-choo train chugging around the world with its howling passengers and bawling passengers, babies, picnic baskets, cats, dogs, and all of them wondering just who is up in the cab ahead driving the train, if anybody. This train which runs around the world like a world going round, all of them wondering just what is up, if anything. And some of them leaning out and peering ahead trying to catch a look at the driver in his one eye cab, trying to see him, to glimpse his face, to catch his eye as they whirl around a bend. <sighs> but they never do, although once in a while it looks as if they're going to, and the street goes, ocking on. And the train goes bowling on, with its windows reaching up. Ah, its windows, the windows of all the buildings in all the streets of the world. Bowling along through the light of the world, through the night of the world, with lanterns at crossings, lost lights flashing. Crowds at carnivals, nightwood circuses, whorehouses and parliaments, forgotten fountains, cellar doors and unfound doors, figures in lamplight, pale idols dancing as the world rocks on. But now... We come to the lonely part of the street, the part of the street that goes around the lonely part of the world. This is not the place that you change trains for the Brighton Beach Express. This is not the place that you do anything. This is the part of the world where nothing's doing. No one's doing Anything, where nobody's anywhere, nobody nowhere except yourself. Not even a mirror to make you two. Not a soul except your own, maybe. Even that not there, maybe. Or not yours, maybe. Because you are what's called dead. You've reached your station. Descend. <laughs> That's from Coney Island of the Mind by Lawrence Falingetti, who's now a hundred years old. Magnificent elder. I'm looking here at pictures of the gone world, and I'm coming to another poem that I, I just, I just can't, uh, I just can't let this one go. Uh, <laughs> it's all about the world again. Just one more, one more here, then I'll read you some fairly Geddy's prose in which he becomes a teacher, tells us how to be subversive in this world where most people follow the rules. Here's what he writes. Yes, it's poems, yes, poems. Poems of a gone, this group of poems, yes. Poems of the gone world. It's dated 1955. I was just graduating Mills College absolutely innocent, well, sort of, at least politically, I didn't know from nothing, anyway. This poem by Lawrence Ferlinghetti is uh, about the end of poems from a gone world, and he writes... The world is a beautiful place to be born into if you don't mind happiness not always being so very much fun. If you don't mind a touch of hell now and then, just when everything is fine, because even in heaven they don't sing all the time. The world is a beautiful place to be born into, if you don't mind some people dying all the time, or maybe only starving some of the time, which ain't half so bad if it isn't you. Oh, the world is a beautiful place to be born into if you don't mind a few dead minds in the higher places, or a bomb or two. Now and then in your upturned faces or such other improprieties as our name brand society is prey to with its men of distinction and its men of extinction and its priests and other patrolmen and its various segregations and congressional investigations and other constipations that our full flesh is heir to. Yes, the world is the best place of all, for a lot of such things making the fun scene and making the love scene and making the sad scene and singing low songs and having inspirations and walking around looking at everything and smelling flowers and goosing statues and even thinking and kissing people and making babies and wearing pants and waving hats and dancing and going swimming in rivers and picnics in the middle of the summer, and just generally living it up. Yes. But then, right in the middle of it, comes the smiling mortician. Yes, Lawrence fairly Getty. These poems are unquestionably dark. Leonard Cohen's latest album, I love it, it's called. It's titled, You Want It Darker? Indeed, indeed I do. Indeed I do. It's the only way I can keep laughing and cheer up. As some poet said, In the midst of life, we are in death. One more poem from Laurence Ferlinghetti. Reading Yeats
2: kickoff Sexual Assault Awareness Month, join the Contra Costa County District Attorneys Association at their seventh annual Partners for Justice fundraiser to benefit Community Violence Solutions. Community Violence Solutions is a vital resource in investigating crimes of sexual abuse, domestic violence, and human trafficking in Contra Costa County. Additionally, CBS operates as a resource to victims, helping them cope with the heinous acts committed against them. In support of that mission, you're invited to enjoy great food, drinks, raffle prizes, and a silent auction, supporting families and children in need. Thursday, March 28th, Lafayette Park Hotel, 3287 Mount Diablo Boulevard in Lafayette. This is from 530 to 8 p.m. For information, go to cvsolutions.org. That's cvsolutions.org.